Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877 How's that sound, Mr. Producer? Bring it down a little bit. How's that? Better? All right. Then that's, that's where we be. I'm in another bunker. Ladies and gentlemen, I thought we'd do some comparisons between the communist Chinese military and the military of the free nation of Taiwan. And we better start talking about this a little bit more thoroughly. Total ground forces, communist China, 1,040,000 plus 416,000 personnel in the Taiwan Strait area. Almost 1.5 million. Taiwan, 88,000. Taiwan is a nation of about 23.5 million. China is a nation of 1.4 billion. So (laughs) Taiwan's population isn't even a rounding error when you consider the size of communist China. Ground armies, you know, regular army. Army Corps, 13 Ground, uh, excuse me, group armies, 13 group armies in China, plus five in the Taiwan Strait, a total of 18, Taiwan three. Combined arms brigades, 78, 30 additional in the Taiwan Strait area. Um, number in Taiwan, zero. Let's move down the list. Give me a second. Army Aviation Air Assault Brigades, 15 plus 5 in the Taiwan Straits. Communist China is 20, Taiwan is 4. Artillery Brigades, 15 plus 5 in the Straits, that's 20, Taiwan 3. 
airborne brigades. Seven plus seven in the Taiwan side. That's 14. Taiwan, zero. Marine brigades. Total of 13. China, two. Taiwan. Tanks. China has 6,300. Taiwan has 800. Artillery pieces. China has 7,000. Taiwan has 1,100. You can see quite the distinction. Aircraft carriers. Let's see here. Communist China, three. Taiwan, zero. Cruisers, Communist China, one. Taiwan, zero. Destroyers, Communist China, 53. Taiwan, four. Frigates. Little over 80 for Communist China, 22 Taiwan. Corvettes. No, not those. China slightly over 80, Taiwan zero. Tank medium landing ships, amphibious transport dock. Communist China 57, Taiwan 14. Diesel attack subs. China 56. Taiwan has a total of two subs, diesel. Nuclear attack subs. China has nine, Taiwan has zero. Ballistic missile submarines. China has six, Taiwan has zero. Coastal patrol missile armed ships. China has 86, Taiwan has 44. Coast Guard ships, 223. Communist China, 23. Taiwan. You get this sense? Total of fighter jets. Communist China, 1,600. Taiwan, 400. Bombers. China has 450. Taiwan has zero. Transport planes. China has 400. Taiwan has 30. Special mission aircraft. China has 150. Taiwan has 30. China also has nuclear weapons. Taiwan has none. So Taiwan is heavily, heavily, heavily outgunned. This is from the uh, definitive report from the Department of Defense. Um, I was on page 160-something or other. It's almost over 200 pages, so I painstakingly went through this report about the power of China, not just against Taiwan, against India, against Japan, and mostly against the United States. They are on the move. They've stolen an enormous amount of our technology. They've applied it heavily. Uh, you know, when you see figures about the percentage of money they spend on, on the military, on GDP versus us, the figures are unreliable because they believe in the fusion of the military and the civilian. So they use the full force of their economy in every way possible and fuse it with the military. This is the annual report to Congress, Office of the Secretary of Defense, uh, military and security and developments involving the People's Republic of China, the most recent one, 2021. And they are required to do this as part of the National Defense Authorization Act. They point out, and I'm telling you this for a reason, they also point out 
uh, let's see here, in their executive summary that the PRC strategy, Communist China, is to achieve the greatest rejuvenation of the Chinese nation, they're quoting, by 2049 to match or surpass U.S. global influence and power. So that's about 25 years. Displace U.S. alliances and security partnerships in the Indo-Pacific region. Revise the international order to be more advantageous to Beijing's authoritarian regime and national interests. Can be characterized as a determined pursuit of far-ranging efforts to expand communist China's national power. Despite challenges posed by COVID, Beijing continued its efforts to advance its overall development, including steadying its economic growth, strengthening its armed forces, taking a more assertive role in global affairs. And in response to both long- and short-term economic trends, the Communist Party unveiled a new economic strategic task or new development pattern called dual circulation. Is this boring, everybody? I hope not, because we are staring evil in the eye here. And whether we want to or not, and whether we like it or not, we're on a course towards war with communist China. Because they want a war. And they're trying to provoke one. The PRC has characterized China's view of strategic competition in terms of a rivalry among powerful nation states, as well as a clash of opposing ideological systems. That is, Beijing views the United States as increasingly determined to contain uh, the communist Chinese, creating potential obstacles to its strategy. Additionally, its leaders are increasingly willing to confront the United States and other countries in areas where interests diverge. In typical communist language, the government there seeks to build a, quote, community of common destiny that supports its strategy to realize the great rejuvenation of the Chinese nation. See, Xi has looked at the various dynasties in communist China, which go back a long, long time, long before our country, and uh, he's trying to rejuvenate that. That's what he's doing. Beijing's revisionist ambition for the international order drives from the objective national strategy in the party's political and governing systems. In 2019, it recognized its armed forces should take a more active role in advancing its foreign policy, which, of course, is exactly what it's doing. Now, we have an opportunity here, though. But with Doofus in the White House and the Democrats in Congress and the America Lasters in the Republican Party, we, not, we may miss the opportunity to exploit this. Reagan did not miss the opportunity to exploit the problems in the Russian economy or the Soviet economy. There are serious problems in the Russian econ- excuse me, in the Chinese economy right now, as Breitbart points out. John Hayward. China's economy foundering as the second half of 2022 began with slower manufacturing activity, higher unemployment, and a depressed real estate market. China's weakening economy reduced its demand for oil, combining with downbeat manufacturing data from other countries to bring oil prices down by 4%. A Caxon poll found that Chinese manufacturing actively slowed considerably in July, possibly even contracted, after the latest round of coronavirus lockdowns ended in June. China Beige Book International consulting firm for investors said July factory output slowed to levels not seen 
since the mid-2020s, and retail sector unemployment at a two-year high, sign that Chinese urbanites and corporate managers simply do not believe that COVID is over. Retailing is in the most trouble. Other economic surveys found Chinese real estate markets slipping by 33% after an 89% surge from the end of lockdowns in June. Gross domestic product growing by only 0.4% in the second quarter. Consumers nervous despite a 3.1% post-lockdown gain. Consumer spending has been stagnant. Analysts compared the current situation unfavorably to China's recovery from a market collapse and banking scandals in 2015 because consumer spending kept growing in 2015 while it has become stagnant today. When China's troubled real estate giant, the China Evergrande Group, did not deliver its promised $300 billion restructuring plan over the weekend, analysts told CNBC the loss of confidence in real estate could create a negative feedback loop that drags down much of the rest of the Chinese economy. So the point is what? Now is the time to put the screws to the Chinese economy. I understand that a lot of our corporatists, a lot of our unpatriotic corporatists, continue to defend this genocidal regime, this threat to the United States, because of their investments in China. That's their problem. That's their problem. We need a, the equivalent of a Manhattan Project when it comes to our economy and our military. And we need spending on the size of the Marshall Plan. That is, we must slash the socialist economic state. And rather than move money out of the military to redistribution of wealth, to more buildings and departments in Washington, to climate change, whatever that is, and all the rest of it, we need to do the reverse. Our military has been underfunded for a long time. Trump's support of the military, quite frankly, given the new threats, is not enough. It's not enough. We need to clean out all the woke brass at the Pentagon who are killing our military from within. We need to get back to strict standards, physical standards, mental standards, you want to dress like a guy and you're a girl. You want to dress like a girl and you're a guy. You want to lop off your genitalia or add to your genitalia. Well, that's not for us in the United States military. No, I'm sorry. And what I said will be controversial. Although, three, four, five years ago, people would say, what are you nuts? What are you talking about? We all know what I'm talking about. All of us. We need to redirect our domestic federal law enforcement and our domestic federal prosecutions to the communists in China and Iran and the fascists in Russia because they are not protecting our wealth they're not protecting our proprietary interests they're not protecting our intelligence and so we are subsidizing our enemies with our know-how to build missiles and other systems to destroy us and it's time we redirect the U.S. Attorney's Office in Washington, the Attorney General's Office in Washington, and the U.S. Attorney Offices in all 93 districts, and the FBI, from investigating innocent American civilians, whether they be parents, 
or what have you. Whether it be making up crimes to go against a former president, it's time to go after the real bad guys. Build up the military, go after the bad guys. We can't have so-called conservative Republicans saying, look, we got to make a choice. It's either Europe or China. Are you out of your friggin' mind? More when I return. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. I guess the greatest generation was wrong about Russia, right? I guess the greatest generation was wrong about communist mainland China. I guess the greatest generation was wrong about fighting all these battles. So what does it have to do with America? Right? These are the idiots that we hear today. The idiots. Have you heard of the Solomon Islands? They matter to you? They mattered to us in World War II. You ever hear of Guadalcanal and the Battle of Guadalcanal where my great uncle fought? Way off. More than, what, more than a thousand or two away. Maybe 10,000 miles away. Well, guess what happened? In April, the Communist Chinese signed a deal with the Solomon Islands government. Now, what's the concern there, everybody? What is the concern? They have a deep water port that the Communist Chinese want to use for their navy. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. 
Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. China. AP, Chinese company, I, Solomon Islands, deep water port. This is a date of Monday. A Chinese state-owned company is negotiating to buy a forestry plantation with a deep water port and World War II airstrip in Solomon Islands amid persistent concerns that China wants to establish a naval foothold in the South Pacific country. A delegation from China Forestry Group Corps visited the plantation that covers most of Kalambangar Island in 2019, asking questions about the length of the wharf and the depth of the water, while showing little interest in the trees. The Board of Forest Products LTT of Kalambangara, the takeover target known as KFPL, which is owned by the Taiwanese and Australian shareholders, wrote to the newly elected Australian Governor May warning of the risk strategic threats posed to Australia by such a sale. Australia's Foreign Minister, excuse me, uh, Far- Foreign Minister Penny Wong's office told the AP that Australia was continuing to engage with KFPL on the potential sale. The U.S. and its allies have concerns over China's growing influence in the South Pacific and intensified this year with China and the Solomons signed a bilateral security pact that has stoked fears of a Chinese military presence less than 1,200 miles off the coast, the northeast coast of Australia. And Australia already has a security treaty with the Solomons and Australian police have been maintaining peace in the capital. Now think about that. That's one. What else are they up to? You've heard of the Panama Canal? Restrictions to the passage of traffic through the Panama Canal and the Strait of Magellan as China moves aggressively to expand its footprint across Central and South America are the top concerns of the current U.S. Southern Command, which he told, the head of which told the uh, United States Congress. This is from March. Those very strategic lines of communication that must be kept open, said Army General Lara Richardson, in a Thursday briefing before the Senate Armed Services Committee, in Panama, the PRC-based companies are engaged in or bidding for several projects related to the Panama Canal, a global strategic choke point, including port operations on both ends of the canal, water management, and a logistics park. We have a lot of ground to make up. The government of Panama and investing in projects important to uh, Panama, as Beijing has done, she added, General Richardson cited a Corps of Engineers major water project as a step in the right direction. But the Chinese have invested heavily in a space research project in Argentina as well that would allow Beijing to track U.S. satellites and also won the rights to build facilities near the Magellan Strait that would also give China access to Antarctica. Richardson told the panel Beijing's investments in Central and South American infrastructure, particularly ports, follow the pattern it developed in Africa, Right now, the Chinese have 29 port projects across the command, including a major one in El Salvador that has economic implications for other Central American nations. You haven't heard any of this because they're too busy trying to put Donald Trump in jail, you morons. Liz. The ports have civilian and military value. To date, the Chinese have not participated 
and large-scale military exercises in the region, although they have sold anti-ship missiles to Venezuela in the last two years. Iran is also reported to have sold similar systems to Caracas. In contrast, the United States participates regularly in major maritime exercises like Unitas and Trade Winds for disaster response in the Caribbean. In addition, Richardson, five months on the job, said the pandemic wreaked havoc in Central and South America. And they go on. Now, 31 nations, 16 dependencies of the Southern Command are critically important to Beijing now. And in the future, she said, they provide China with 36% of its food sources. This takes an even greater importance as the war in Ukraine threatens global supplies of wheat and other grains, as well as fertilizers. In addition, Richardson said, resources like lithium used in areas as different as medicine and aircraft parts, and I might add batteries, are off the chart for future growth in high-technology enterprises. Other resources Richardson mentioned of value to the Chinese are fresh water, the Amazon itself for possible development, and oil from Venezuela and Guyana. The growing Chinese presence in our hemisphere and continued Russian influence with Cuba and Venezuela are not the only challenges the command faces. Richardson, like other Southern Command top officers, has testified in the past, said it also remains a secondary regional command and priorities. She said, I get only a little bit less than 1% of the Global Intelligence, Surveillance, and Reconnaissance Fund. This is in our own hemisphere, ladies and gentlemen. This is our own hemisphere. Now, she mentioned Africa. What's going on in Africa with the communist Chinese? Forbes. Even before the Belt and Road was formally announced in 2013, China was making major strides in Africa's urban development sphere, and it goes on. China is now Africa's biggest trading partner, with Sino-African trade topping $200 billion a year. According to McKinsey, over 10,000 Chinese-owned firms are currently operating throughout the African continent, and the value of Chinese business there since 2005 amounts to more than $2 trillion, with $300 billion investment currently on the table. Africa has also eclipsed Asia as the largest market for Chinese overseas construction contracts. To keep this momentum, Beijing recently announced a $1 billion Belt and Road Africa Infrastructure Development Fund. And in 2018, a whopping $60 billion African aid package. So expect Africa to continue swaying to the east as economic ties with China become more numerous and more robust. More numerous and robust. And why is China doing all this? Why do you think? Some of these countries can't even pay off their debt. They go on, when we look at Africa, we see many countries chasing dreams of a better economic future while burying themselves in massive amounts of infrastructure-induced debt that they may not be able to actually afford. There have already been warning signs. Ethiopia, nearly a quarter of its total 2016 budget. Nigeria had to renegotiate a deal with their Chinese contractor due to their failure to pay. Kenya's 80% Chinese-financed railway from uh, Mombasa to Nairobi. Already gone four times over budget. In 2012, the IMF found that China owned 15% of Africa's external debt. And hardly three years later, roughly two-thirds of all new loans were coming from China. 
This has some analysts issuing warnings that about a debt trap, with some even going so far as calling what China is doing a new form of colonialism. What does China get out of this? Long-term, long-term control. Over a third of China's oil comes from Africa, as does 20% of its cotton. Africa has roughly half the world's stock of manganese, again, for steel and batteries. Democratic Republic of Congo, on its own, possesses half the planet's cobalt. Got that? Cobalt. For batteries. Africa has also significant amounts of coltan, which is needed for electronics, as well as half the world's known supply of carbonites, a rock formation that's the primary source of rare earths. And it goes on. Africa, Central and South America, the South Pacific, the Panama Canal, buying massive amounts of farmland in the United States, with Russia taking control of Antarctica, putting its flag there, claiming territorial control. And I've barely... And I've barely gotten into it. Why is China doing all these things? And what do the the super cons in our country, the radical libertarians and the phony first America types who don't believe in America first, really? You have communist China who's violated the Monroe Doctrine. You have China's, communist China that is trying to take down and plans to take down Taiwan, an American ally. What else should we do in addition to what I've talked about today and yesterday? We should be right now helping to arm up the Japanese because the, Jap- the Japanese mainland is, in a th- is uh, under threat. Take the phony conditions off that were placed on them in World War II. That's what Abe wanted from us. The ability to defend themselves against the communist Chinese and the North Koreans. What are we waiting for? What the hell are we waiting for? It's crazy. I don't care about the mental munchkins on TV and radio. Who've got about four days of experience when it comes to even understanding history, let alone military history. I don't care about the phony generals and admirals and colonels who keep claiming that America is the prov- uh, uh, pr- provocateur. Ladies and gentlemen, China's building for war. That's why they're in Central and South America. That's why they're gobbling up all the resources in Africa. That's why they're trying to take over the South China Sea. That's why their military has gotten so massive over such a short period of time. That's why Xi, who fancies himself Mao, as Putin fancies himself Stalin, that's why they're concentrating power, eliminating all, all notions of communication free, uh, freedom. That's why they're rounding up the Uyghurs, rounding them up, and other minorities. They're preparing for war. We're dealing with a self-inflicted stagflation. We're going to spend another trillion dollars that will push us towards depression. Our borders are wide open. 
Crime is relentless. We're teaching our kids to hate us. And to hate themselves. Just a disaster. And the media are focused on destroying Donald Trump. Liz Cheney, Adam Kingsinger, the Democrats are giving aid and comfort to these enemies by distracting the American people and putting out phony lies about how Trump is a threat to the republic. Our federal law enforcement resources are focused on the wrong things. Our prosecutors have been politicized. Our FBI has been politicized in many respects. Our courts are going along for the ride, rubber stamping all the way. And our military isn't being taught as it used to be. You have one mission, victory. Pronouns, wokeism, join the military, get a sex change. You don't get a vaccine, you're out. We're not meeting our numbers. We never will with this kind of attitude. We're not producing enough weaponry. You've got guys like Hawley, and he's not alone. You've got pseudo-conservatives in Congress who look at this and they say it's our fault. They point to three, three engagements that went on and on and on, and so we should never be involved in an engagement again. Just duck and cover. And unless and until the missiles are actually hitting the United States when it's too late, it's none of our business. Let me ask you a question. Is the Monroe Doctrine dead? Are Central and South America none of our business? Are the Panama Canal none of our business? We built that damn canal. Are the Solomon Islands none of our business? We lost Marines on the Solomon Islands in Guadalcanal. Is Western Africa none of our business? Where they're trying to build a port today? None of our business. Right? Taiwan which for more than half a century has been our ally. Is that none of our business? Eastern Europe, none of our business? Well, that's the kind of thinking that got us into World War II. Congratulations. Biden, Democrats, phony generals, phony admirals, phony colonels. Oh, and the phony American firsters. Trump doesn't support this. Reagan never supported it. Nobody with half a brain would pretend that all we have to do is stay away and everything will be fine. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever. And it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all. Whether America deserves our love. That's why I'm primus. Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty is so important. And Primus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, in Primus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N, 
fredhillsdale.com. That's why I feel it's important to listen to this program. Not because I'm here, but because I try and give some perspective to things. We have a very well-spoken ruling class filled with demagogues. And by ruling class, I mean the media, politicians, retired this and retired that and former this and former that. The ruling class is one of the dumbest, most incompetent, most ideologically obsessed of any ruling class this nation has ever had. They call themselves elites. I don't. Not anymore. I did in the past, but I'm not. The ruling class. You can see right before your eyes, if you're presented with the facts, if the media would do its damn job, what's going on in the world. We have more capacity to know what's going on in the world today than at any time in the past. And yet, look what they do. Look how they squander it. They hire the likes of a Joy Reid. They hire the likes of a Joe Scarborough. They hire dead weight. Slabs of stupidity. They throw them on TV to fill time. And they try and get eyes watching their network by saying the most vile, poisonous, cancerous, hateful things about this country and about the people who live here. Now, Liz Cheney has again refused to come on this program. I'm not looking to, uh, to play games. These are serious matters in front of us. I want to discuss with her and debate, if necessary, the Constitution, federal law, federal criminal law, the makeup of this committee and what this committee is doing. I want to discuss it all. She will not come on. She said, not until I return to being a principal conservative or something of that sort. I guess she finds those kind of conservatives at CNN and Meet the Press and the other shows. I guess she finds that in the office of Nancy Pelosi. Look, Liz, I can't subpoena you. I can't subpoena your texts and emails. I have no authority over you. I can't vote to hold you in contempt because you won't come on this program, but I got to tell you something. The way you conduct yourself, I hold you in contempt anyway. You're not a serious person. You go to Twitter... What a joke. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, A big problem we have in this country are these network corporations. I can't think of a single one of these shows, these light news or non-news shows, that's even moderately conservative, moderately traditionalist. Let me put it that way. Look at The View. 
all these crackpot, low-IQ yentas who couldn't make it in any other form of work. Whoopi Goldberg, dead-end actor. Joy Behar, dead-end talk radio host. Sonny Hostin, I don't know what kind of lawyer she was, probably slip-and-fall ambulance chaser. All dead-enders, and there they are. But it's not only that. You look at the Today Show, Good Morning America. They have news, and then they manipulate the conversation with one moron after another. They have what I call TV Republicans. You got TV Republicans on the Constipated News Network, on MSLSD. If you don't have outright turncoats, like this Wallace, this Nicole Wallace, has an IQ of a uh, Doberman Pinscher. I might say, however, that Doberman Pinschers are actually quite smart. She has an IQ of, a, uh, of an evergreen tree. How's that? But she's up there because she has a permanent constipated look on her face. And she's a flipper. She's flipped all the way. I don't know what happened to the Republican Party. I had to change parties. Here we have the most radical Democrat Party in history, certainly modern history, that pursues Marxist agendas. And Nicole Wallace is much more comfortable there. Oh, yes, yes. Yes. And then you have all these frauds trying out for the non-Marxist seat on The View. Like Farah, I forget her married name. I feel sorry for Joe Farah. He's a great patriot. But his daughter, a grifter, a disgrace. And she's grifting and a disgrace in herself. She'll do anything for a slot on The View. Anything. But you have got to really, really kick it up there, young lady. You have to be more poisonous, more cancerous. You have to be a complete turncoat. That's the kind of repubics they like. That's why Mitt Romney's welcome. Oh, there's our man Mitt. Remember Mitt? Supporting Black Lives Matter? Nobody's turned... Made a U-turn and asked Mitt about that. Hey, Mitt! Little dabble, do you? But then we have some politicians, not enough, who will stand up to this. Look at the governor of Florida. The show, The View... Why don't they give me a show with three or four people, Mr. Producer? We'll get massive ratings. And you know, I have a name for the show. You know what I'll call it? Not The View. Not The View. And rather than all yentas, I'll have royal masculine men who aren't afraid to say they're men. I don't mean necessarily muscle-bound, but smart, strong men. Who seek to keep their genitalia. I think I'd have a hell of a show, don't you, Mr. Producer? Call it the four? There'll be five of us. Anyway, neither here nor there. So uh, you probably heard it by now from the backbenchers earlier, but Ron DeSantis was invited on The View. Now, they invited him on The View, not because they wanted to hear what he said, but because they want to trash him. Because that's what Yentas do. They yell, they scream, they wear baggy dresses, they throw food, they have spittle coming down their chin. This is The View. It's a freak show. 
Great diversity there. All women. May I call them women? Do they call themselves women? And uh, all left-wing kooks. Have they said anything profound yet? Has any of, uh, any of them? No, they haven't. Unaccomplished buffoons. So they think they're clever. They send a letter. One of their stooges sends a letter to the governor of Florida. And the governor of Florida is surrounded by very smart, solid conservatives. Ron DeSantis. Just like him. They reflect his attitude. And they respond to this invitation, does Brian Griffia. I can't see very well. Griffin, I'm sorry. Brian Griffin. Dear whomever, thanks for the invite. I understand that you are sending this request on behalf of your team. But are the hosts of The View really interested in hearing from Governor DeSantis about all the important work he's doing on behalf of Floridians? to protect their health and livelihoods, to stand up for parents and children and to defend freedom? Which of the below statements from the hosts of The View do you recommend our team consider when deciding if the interview will be a genuine pursuit of the truth or worth the time? Joy Behar, August 2021, quote, You're just short of calling Governor DeSantis a negligent homicidal sociopath because that's what he is. You see, this is joy at her best, which is human humanity at its worst. She added, what is he doing? He's risking the lives of children, children's parents, their grandparents, anyone they may come into contact with, so he can appeal to his white supremacist base, so he can continue in his career and get reelected. Isn't Joy Behar a white supremacist, Mr. Producer? She's sort of an albino supremacist, wouldn't you say? But I think it's fair to call Joy a white supremacist, because if you're white, you're a white supremacist. And she's throwing those terms around, so let's move to Sonny Hostin, June 2022. By the way, she lives in this mansion, this estate, with her hubby and her kids. America's been so awful. Quote, Death Santis. I think he's a fascist and a bigot. Death Santis. Now, Sonny Hostin, you're a lawyer, right? You could get your ass sued over this. I don't care if he's a public figure or not. You're calling somebody a fascist? I mean, there has to be some real substance there, the way I call Nancy Eva Pelosi a fascist, because I can prove it. I don't know what kind of lawyer Sonny Hostin was. Maybe slip and fall. Maybe ambulance chasing. I don't know. Maybe she filed deeds for the local county. I don't know what she did. But she sounds like an idiot. Speaking of idiots, Anna Navarro. She's an idiot in multiple languages. April 2022 on Governor DeSantis' policies. Quote, it's anti-black. It's anti-gay. It's anti-LGBTQ plus community, and for some reason the Republican base responds to it. And it's anti-American. It's what happens in Venezuela. It's what happens in Nigeria. Now, if you're sitting in a diner, or you, let's just say a fine dining place, and you hear a lunatic like this at the table next to you, don't you call for help? Uh, hello? Hello? This woman has escaped from an insane asylum. I don't know what she's doing here, 
But it looks like she's she's eating more Italian bread and spaghetti than anyone I've ever seen, which explains that. Never mind. And then there's Sonny Huston. Huston. Whatever. February 2022. On Governor Santos's policies. It started with CRT. Let's remember that. And those are anti-history laws. Anti-black history laws, really. If you start coming after black people, what comes next, right? Of course, the LGBTQ plus community, and then women, and then other marginalized groups. Oh, my God! Sonny, you're a jackass. Critical race theory is not the history of black people. It's not the history of white people. It's not the history of any people. It is an ideology pushed by Marxists. You're such a dummy, you don't even know the history behind this. So let's go on with the letter. They quote this, and they said, we will pass on this offer. Also, please note, we don't coordinate appearances or events of a political nature from the official office. Our role is to serve the people of Florida. Thank you, Brian Griffin. Well done, Brian and team. Well done, Governor DeSantis. Well, the ball's in your court, The View. And what is The View? What do you see over there at The View? Should be called The View. What should they be called, Mr. Producer? Let's rename this show. The View. I think it should be called The Constipated. You look at that line up there. You watch that group, which I don't. We get clips. I have to play them. Why? To expose what's going on in our culture? You get constipated. That's what I hear anyway. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company, and I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer, one month free, one month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network, for just 30 bucks a month. Plus, get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L E V I N Podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and get one month free. All right, somebody sent me. Stop sending me this stuff. I'm not, I'm not a tweety, tweety guy. I don't go on there and tweet all the time. A couple of times a day when something gets under my skin or I think something interesting. So Liz Cheney tweets and they show me this was January 6th. This is not legitimate political discourse. And she's right about this. She's showing, showing the violent thugs who are attacking and hitting the cops and breaking into the Capitol building. I don't know of anybody in this audience who thinks that was okay or that was legitimate political discourse those violent thugs deserve to be prosecuted I've said this from day one but Liz has your committee determined why Pelosi did not ask for the National Guard in advance given we now know the intelligence that was available 
since December in the offer that was provided for guardsmen by the president, not order, offer. You know the difference, the authorization, which was rejected in writing by Pelosi representatives, the chief of the Capitol Police, by Bowser representatives. Have you, have you determined the answer to that? Because if you have, put it out. Because you haven't yet. And we're not talking about the people, the violent thugs, who should be prosecuted. Whether on January 6th or the summer of 2020, or every damn day in our streets. 50! 50 people were shot last weekend in Chicago. 50! Not one damn hearing! 50! 50! No, that's not a threat to democracy. No, no. It's a threat to the civil society, but hey, we don't need to be lectured about what is and what is not political discourse. Attacking cops is not political discourse. Whether they're guarding the Capitol building or guarding a private street or or guarding a courthouse in Portland. We don't need lectures from politicians in Washington. We know the difference between legitimate political discourse and violence. And throw the books, all the books, at the violence. But don't tell me this was some insurrection to overthrow the government. It was a riot by these specific individuals. And don't tell me the other hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people who were there who didn't even know this was going on, the line, the, the crowd was so far back, that they are not involved in legitimate political discourse. And don't tell me that people can't use their free speech rights in talking about an election, good, bad, or indifferent. You see, Liz, what you don't understand about me and a lot of people, I'm not even talking about ballot boxes and drop boxes. I'm not even talking about any of that. That Constitution you keep referencing. I am talking about that. You haven't said squat about what the Pennsylvania Supreme Court did to Article 2 of the Federal Constitution. Did you read it? Do you know what the hell I'm talking about? Listen to what Mike Ludic. Screw Mike Ludic. He doesn't even address it. He doesn't even address it. And he looked a lot like Mueller up there, to be perfectly honest with you. But that aside, you don't want to discuss that. None of them want to discuss this. The state legislatures determine what the election laws are. They did to ensure that your father would be vice president of the United States. Matter of fact, Liz, the Florida legislature, Republican legislature, had convened because the Florida Supreme Court and all the rogue members, the Democrats, kept changing the election laws like they did in Pennsylvania. And the Florida legislature finally said, enough is enough. We don't want to do this, but we're going to have to choose the electors. The Florida legislature. And then the U.S. Supreme Court stepped in because your father's boss, Bush, and Gore were litigating back and forth. Remember Ben Ginsburg, the guy, one of the guys that put out your report? He wouldn't take no for an answer on the election. He was a hired gun. He was one of the organizers. 
went into one court after another court, hired lawyers, fight it, fight it, fight it. Why did you fight it? Why did Ginsburg fight it? Why didn't you accept your loss? Hanging chads, no hanging chads, okay. We lost. You never said that. Your father didn't say it. Bush didn't say it. Ben Ginsburg didn't say it. Tom Hogan didn't say it. None of them said it. Why? And the Democrats said that the Bush-Cheney administration was illegitimate. Was it? Well, the Supreme Court stepped in under William Rehnquist, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. A brilliant, honorable, principled, consistent man. Unlike John Roberts. Mr. Wheeler Dealer. And the court said seven to two, enough is enough. When two cases were brought to this Supreme Court out of Pennsylvania, the court said nothing. Now they're taking up a North Carolina case. They should have taken up the Pennsylvania case, like Alito and Gorsuch and Thomas wanted them to. But they couldn't get Kavanaugh. They couldn't get Barrett. Roberts has a spell over them most of the time. Not on the Dobbs case, obviously. But Roberts didn't want anything to do it. We can't get involved in an election. So, Liz, here's the problem. Nobody questions. Nobody. You hit a cop with a hockey stick, with a bottle. You spray stuff on them. You do that stuff. You go to jail. But everybody doesn't go to jail. Not if you're riding in Portland and Seattle and New York and your Black Lives Matter. Your names get painted in the streets by the Democrat mayors. People are pissed off about that, Liz. Do you comprehend that? You keep calling this an insurrection led by the President of the United States. See, you take this a bridge too far. You burn down every bit of credibility you ever had by trying to settle your personal scores and the personal scores of the Bush-Cheney clan. You don't understand Article 2. You don't understand the Electoral College. You don't understand American history, shockingly enough. And no, I don't think you should be criminalizing, criminalizing efforts by a president or any candidate who are trying to work the system with the state legislature and the electoral votes and so forth. It's been done throughout our history. That's different than what took place in your photo. I'll be back. Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company, and I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer, one month free, one month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network for just 30 bucks a month. Plus, get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L E V I N Podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and get one month free. 
Mark Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm probably the only, only host in America who never mentions his podcast. All kinds of people have podcasts, local hosts, all kinds of companies have platforms for podcasts. So go to my podcast, too. If you can't hear the program because of your schedule or we're delayed or nobody preempts us, not supposed to, go to MarkLevinShow.com. That's the Mothership website. Go there, and you can download the app, the Mark Levin app. Do I sound like I'm out of breath, Mr. Producer? I am way out of breath. I just walked four flights of stairs. Now, our dog, Marty, unfortunately, he's got, uh, well, anyway, he's got... um, his cancer, his lymph nodes, and uh, that was confirmed today. I was in Florida, flew to Virginia, drove up to New Jersey where my wife and mother-in-law were for a short stop, and they had Marty, and he's been kind of sucking air for a while. And unfortunately, uh, that's the situation. So he will be getting chemotherapy. Uh, I guess several months now. And hopefully we can extend his quality of life for a period of time. And uh, so I had to climb four sets of stairs because I'm on the top level broadcasting where I do it from New Jersey and they're on the bottom level and so he can't really walk upstairs properly right now and I'd say he's about 60 pounds maybe a little higher but it's the steps and so now you know why I'm out of breath I gave you the whole story so I drove here about five and a half hours this morning And I will drive back five and a half hours tomorrow morning. But uh, it's the way it goes. It's sad. And I'll keep you informed as time goes on. You know, owning a dog is the happiest thing in the world, and it can be the saddest thing in the world. They just don't live long enough. When you have a a great dog, there's nothing like it. Some of you are cats and so forth. I'm just speaking for myself. It is a joy that's really not definable. And you get used to their little antics. You have a way of communicating with the dog that the dog understands. Maybe nobody else does. You've grown adults acting like they're four years old like me, when you're reacting to a dog or you want want to speak to them and they take your mind off of things. 
And so many of them, if you adopt them, have been so maltreated, abused. And for what? And for what? Can't defend themselves. They can't speak. When they're sick, they can't tell you what's bothering them. You've got to try and figure it out. So, that's why I was out of breath. Now you know the whole story. There's the great Paul Harvey used to say, now you know the rest of the story. Jerry Nadler is running for re-election for the 412th time. Uh, he's running against Carol Baloney, I mean Maloney. She's running for the 412th time. And then there's a, uh, a young guy who's actually running for the third time. And so there you have it. And Jerry Nadler was fantastic in last night's debate. Look, do I like him? No, but I thought he was unbelievable. I want you to listen to this. Cut one, go. Our country stands at a crossroads with our democracy at stake, with a runaway Supreme Court uh, upending uh, 50 years of precedent and eliminating women's right to choose. And uh, an insurrection you would have loved, uh, loved uh, Plessy versus Ferguson. That was longer than... 50 years. I think there was like 58 years. So if that's your deal, precedent, you're our man, right? Right, Nadler? Separate but equal? You idiot. Go ahead. Uh, for the first time in our history, trying to stop the peaceful transfer of power. Now, uh, therefore, I, have, I, I am leading the fight to, uh, to stop this, and, there, and I have passed the uh, two impeachments. In, my, in leading this, I've impeached... Uh, Bush twice. I've passed the, uh, the strongest, and on other subjects, I've passed the strongest gun control legislation in 30 years. So, uh, so some people imitate, you know, Abraham Lincoln or John Kennedy or Ronald Reagan. This guy imitates Biden. So obviously, I have passed two impeachments, impeached Bush twice. Well, he must have done that at home. Uh, in his sleep, staring at the mirror, drama school, I don't know. But he's very proud of it. Uh, but of course, Bush was not impeached. More Nadler, cut to go. Should President Biden run again in 2024? Yes. Mr. Nadler. Too early to say it doesn't serve the purpose of the Democratic Party to, to deal with that until after the midterms. Ms. Maloney. I don't believe he's running for re-election. Good Lord. Is that the voice of death there, Mr. Producer? I don't believe he's running for re-election. Wow. Um, isn't it amazing? You've got Biden in the Oval Office, and the Democrat Party wants him out just as bad as the Republicans. Have you noticed that? We have Mika Blazinski. If that is her name. On the morning Joe today, Joe Scarborough, who's failed at everything he's ever done. Cut three, go. I'm oh, we sorry. We just got to say wow. I, I'm really thrown off we by gotta, those we gotta, That's, that's that interesting just, because it, that's news to Joe Biden, I yeah. think. <laughs> yeah, the guy... Um, the guy sitting there watching uh, these two, I would be very, very disappointed, actually. I really would. I'm, yeah, that's really, it's stunning, actually. And it's a, it's a compelling very, TV, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely compelling. Almost up there with the view. 
Poor Joe, it's, uh, uh, what should I say, uh, stunning actually, very, very different than what you would see on the others. Just stunning. They have their heads, both of them, so far up Joe Biden's nostrils, it's not even funny. They used to love Trump early on, they were Trump supporters. Remember that, Mr. Producer? They socialized with him, they went to dinner at the various locations, they had a blast with Trump. Then Trump dared to smack Joe Scarborough, and Joe has been on a hate-on ever since. I don't think Joe should be allowed to purchase a weapon. Do you, Mr. Producer? He sounds like he is off his rocker. A crackpot, if you will. Sounds like it to me, anyway. Do I owe you one here? I think I do. No? Then we'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company, and I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer, one month free, one month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network, for just 30 bucks a month. Plus, get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L E V I N Podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and get one month free. I was just told, boy, I hope this is false that Senator Tim Scott tweeted an endorsement for Lisa Murkowski it is legit will you send that to me I mean that is a very foolish political move if you want to run for a higher office I would think Lisa Murkowski it's not she's not just liberal she's bought and paid for by the NEA and the AFT and Tim Scott has made school choice one of his primary issues. He's, if that's true, he's endorsing somebody who opposes it. No, we can't have that anymore. We can't just go along anymore. And uh, I'm trying to confirm this, quite frankly. There are just certain lines that I can't put up with. I mean, the NEA is a group I've been fighting since I was uh, 18, 19 years old and elected to a local school board. I supported school choice before anybody even knew what school choice was. That's the funny part. And uh, trying to pull it up. Give me a second. Damn thing is very, very slow. Here we go. This is live and uh, national, as you know. Here it is. Unless some staffer put it up there. This was... Posted uh, 1.37 p.m. Eastern today. We need strong leaders like Lisa Murkowski, someone who has worked tirelessly for the people of Alaska her entire career. Alaska, please join me in supporting Lisa for Senate. 
That is amazing. I'm very disappointed. That's all. I'll leave it at that. Um, and there are other many, many solid posts here. Where he's challenging uh, the teachers' unions. He wants better schools, you know, school choice. But you just endorse the Republican who gets the biggest support from the teachers' union, and that's for a reason. They man the precincts up there in Alaska for Murkowski. They're notorious for having her in their back pocket. So that just doesn't square up with me. Anyway, I thought I'd mention that to you, unfortunately. It's very disappointing. Jerry, Scarborough, Mika. When we come back, Ted Cruz just grills the hell out of a DOJ official on why they won't arrest protesters. And i got to say this about old Ted. Depending on who decides to run, you can't count old Ted out either. I'm telling you, we've got great, great candidates. We've got some real losers, too. You've got Trump, if he wants in. You've got DeSantis, if he wants in. You've got Cotton, if he wants in. You've got Cruz, if he wants in. And I'm going to leave names out, and I don't mean to. But that's a deep bench. A deep bench, I think. And I know I've missed a lot of names, but don't worry about it. That's, I'm not giving you a definitive list right now. I'm just making a point. And I'll tell you what, Ted, I don't know, was Ted ever a prosecutor? Because he should have been if he wasn't. He's a scholar. I think uh, Liz Cheney wants him in prison, too. Wants everybody in prison. We ought to have a prison camp uh, for everybody who doesn't uh, agree with her and the rest of them. How much time do I have? Well, let's get started. Cut four, go. Simultaneously, while violent terrorists are threatening pregnancy centers, we also have had protesters at the homes of Supreme Court justices night after night after night. Now, I believe protesting at someone's home where your spouse sleeps, where your children sleeps, is inherently threatening. It is designed to be threatening. And we know the violent rhetoric with the encouragement of Democratic members of Congress resulted in at least one deranged individual traveling from California to Maryland to attempt to murder Justice Kavanaugh. Now, as it so happens, Congress has addressed this issue. It's passed 18 U.S.C. Section 1507, making it a crime to protest at the home of a Supreme Court justice while a case is pending. Night after night after night, these protesters committed federal crimes on national television. Why has the Department of Justice refused to enforce 18 U.S.C. Section 1507? Senator, very recently, the U.S. Attorney's Office in Maryland, in fact, has prosecuted a defendant for unlawful conduct in front of the home of one of our Supreme Court justices. So one person? To date, uh, there has been one prosecution. And what about the hundreds of others? All of whom have violated the law on the face of it. It's not complicated. The law is very clear. Why does the Department of Justice pick and choose which laws to enforce, which criminal laws to enforce? And why does it seem to exactly follow the pattern of the partisan preferences of the Biden White House? Uh, Again, Senator, politics should play and does not play any role in our prosecutorial decisions. What I will also add is that our attorney general has increased the U.S. Marshal Service's resources. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clap trap. 
I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true. And I was shocked when I read the secret war on cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. So you need to read the war on cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. Now, this war on cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-1111. Anyway, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to read this. Very controversial, extraordinarily controversial. And yet, Mr. Producer, it comes out of Harvard. It's a Harvard study. I guess that gives me cover. Harvard study wrecks insurrection narrative of Capitol Hill. Matt Margolis at PJ Media. Matt's very, very good. Here we go. Democrats in the media claim the Capitol riot on January 6th was an insurrection. And they've pushed that narrative relentlessly, right, Liz? But last week, the Harvard Kennedy School's Shorenstein Center published a study that debunked their claim. That the purpose wasn't an insurrection. According to the analysis, most of the rioters were motivated by loyalty to President Trump. You probably never heard of that before, he says. And the most comprehensive study to date of what motivated the Trump supporters to attack the Capitol, the Shorenstein Center research has found 20.6% of the rioters, a plurality, were motivated to take part in the riot because they supported Trump. And obviously they thought what was done was inappropriate. Reports the Harvard Crimson, another 20.6% of the rioters cited Trump's claims. So it was clearly not the outcome the authors of the study anticipated. I don't think I expected the result to be this stark, said Kaylee Fagan, one of the authors of the study. I also certainly didn't expect those two motivations to come up nearly exactly as often as they both did. The documents show that Trump and his allies convinced an unqualified number of Americans, unquantifiable, that representative democracy in the United States was not only in decline, but in imminent existential danger. Isn't that what the Democrats always say, by the way? Democracy is at stake. Democracy. If we don't win. Anyway, uh, it's clear the researchers weren't pro-Trump. They quickly dismiss allegations of election irregularities as, quote, lies about election fraud and seem shocked that QAnon wasn't a significant motivation for the rioters. I'll bet 98% of people there didn't even know what QAnon was. I still don't know what it is. 
I don't research it, but I still don't know. I told you the time I was at one of these, like the Joe Biden uh, restroom center. By the way, <laughs> again, you know, I told you I was driving from Virginia to New Jersey this morning. And there is a Joe Biden rest center. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? So I decided to leave my mark there. Let me just leave it at that. I did. No, 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 not that. I hope my wife's not listening. I got a hamburger. Hello. Hello. Probably shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry, honey. She's trying to keep me alive. She really is. And she is in great shape. She's an athlete. She's a runner and so forth. I'm, you know. I sit on my ass and read and write pretty much. No, I do have uh, three days a week I exercise. Although, according to her, I really don't, but I try to. Got a great guy, Justin. 11 years, I think. He and I have been going together, Mr. Producer, 11 years or so. No, he's terrific. And uh, very good at the personal training. I can't go into a gym, people with their damn iPhones. What crosses my mind all the time is this photo of Ted Kennedy, either on the beach or on the boat, when he weighed like 380 pounds and looked like a Cape Cod orca. That's why I called him the Cape Cod orca. That's why I call Christy the Cape May orca. Until I lose 25 pounds, I ain't taking my shirt off. Anyway, there was no insurrection, Liz. That's the problem. You're going too far. You can have a hearing on the violence, how it happened. You claim it's an insurrection. You try and link it to the former president. You have no evidence. You go on and on about he's committed several crimes, which is very Stalinistic of you. And this is the problem. You just go too far with this stuff. You have no idea what you're talking about. None. That's why I wanted to bring you on the program and, and politely prove it to you and the American people. So Governor DeSantis, America's governor, He's at a press conference today, and this guy, he just says it, not only says it like it is, but he, he, he just reminds me of the days when I was growing up, tradition, values, faith, family, and look what we're facing today. Drag queens are to be honored, strippers, I guess, are next. Pornography in our kids' libraries and their schools. Endless talk about genitalia and what their teachers do with their genitalia. I mean, it's so perverse, so immoral. Transgender is now a uh, civil rights movement. So you lop off your penis or you add one to your body. That's a civil rights movement? Oh, yes, you don't understand. No, I don't. People like that are being discriminated against. Well, unless they're walking without their pants, how do I even know what the hell's going on, Mr. Producer? I don't. Anyway, where am I going with this? Governor DeSantis at a press conference today. Cut 10, go. One of the things that they're trying to do is they talk about these very young kids getting gender-affirming care. What they don't tell you what that is, is they're actually giving very young girls mis- double mastectomies. Now, let's they stop wanna- there. That is... Anybody who does that should be arrested and serve time in prison. 
That's a psycho who does that. I don't care if they have a medical degree or not. That's a psycho. Unbelievable. Go ahead. Boys, that's wrong. And so we've stood up and said, both from the health and children well-being perspective, you know, you don't disfigure 10, 12, 13-year-old kids uh, based on gender dysphoria. 80% of it resolves anyways by the time they get older. So why would you be doing this? I think these doctors need to get sued. Yes, they need to wind up in orange suits, and maybe we should do the same to them. Look, you're only born with that, you know. You don't need it. So he said they, they want to castrate the boys. They want to give double mastectomies to the women. I mean, to the girl. It's just sick. These are schools. Just do your damn job. Can't you do that? Apparently not. Apparently not. Cut 11, go. Having a flood of people is a huge problem. It's, it's, it's interesting they're fine doing it when it's affecting people they don't like in red states, for example. But when you bring that to their doorstep in Washington, D.C. or New York City, they don't like that very much. And so that's a huge issue, just the sheer volume of people coming illegally. And I'm going to tell you something, Greg Abbott. I sure as hell hope he's reelected in Texas. Gabedo O'Rourke. Another guy. He's wealthy, marries into wealth, runs around like he's a, I'm a common man. You're not a common anything. You're a moron. Cut 12, go. We have more buses headed their way as we speak right now. But, Sean, this just shows the hypocrisy of these liberal leaders up in the Northeast who think, well, that border crisis created by Joe Biden, uh, that's fine as long as it's Texas that has to deal with it. But as soon as they have to deal with the real consequences of Biden's border cause crisis, they're up in arms calling for the, the National Guard, as you point out, dealing with just a tiny fraction of what we have to deal with every single day. We're going to keep sending those buses up there uh, until they fully understand. And most importantly, Sean, until the Biden administration does its job to enforce the laws concerning the border. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not going to. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Chris Smith, congressman from New Jersey. It's been a long time, friend of mine. We don't keep in touch as much. I don't keep in touch with anybody. You want to know the truth. But he has been fighting the communist Chinese and their inhumanity since he's been a member of the House of Representatives, maybe even before. And he's fighting them now, and he's trying to bring some issues to the attention of the American public. And so I thought, what better time? Chris Smith, how are you, my friend? Very, very good, Mark. And thanks for having me on. Deeply appreciate it. My pleasure. Tell me what's going on with the Chinese and their exploitation of uh, people in Africa. 
Sure. It's an ongoing, you know, I've chaired 76 congressional hearings on human rights abuses in China. I'm blocked from going there now. Uh, but in the DR Congo, Democratic Republic of Congo, uh, that is the place where they have mines uh, that are including cobalt mines. They have about 70 percent of the world's cobalt. And electric vehicles are absolutely reliant on it, especially the batteries. Uh, and they are cornering the market as we talk. Um, it's also in phones and electronics and some other applications. But for the first time, more than a third of all the end use of cobalt just last year alone was for EVs, electric vehicles. So the environmentalists are pushing the EV on the backs of children and other exploited workers. And they're being exploited in the most horrific of ways. I felt did a hearing on July 14th called Child Labor and Human Rights Violations in the Mining Industry of the DRC. And we focused, we had a priest from uh, the Congo, Democratic Republic of Congo, and a number of other very, very outstanding witnesses who just drew a, you know, a, a laser light on how these kids are going into mines, they're getting sick, um, many are dying, uh, and there's cruelties going on in the light of day. And the leadership of the DR Congo, which is corrupt, uh, Teshiketi, who's the president, uh, uh, is corrupt. And, you know, so they get paid off uh, while their people, the, the citizens of, of that country, are cruelly exploited. And why? Because cobalt is in such demand right now. It's not unlike what's going on in uh, Xinjiang, where there's an actual uh, the killing of the Uyghurs, the Muslims. Well, what comes from there? Uh, solar panels. <laughs> and, and um, you know, the Chinese have cornered both markets um, and they're doing it with the utmost cruelty uh, and human rights abuse. So I'm trying to bring attention to it with my hearings. I'm working on some legislation right now uh, that would <clears throat> hopefully really put a tourniquet on this terrible exploitation. Is part of the reason that the national media aren't making headlines out of this is because they don't want the future of electric vehicles and so forth to be affected by it? My belief and my gut tells me, yes, uh, they'll call for some reforms, and those things don't happen. <clears throat> because with the Chinese Communist Party, uh, there is never reform. You mentioned how I've done it for a long time. I've been in Congress for um, 42 years. My First Amendment in, how, in the floor of the House was in 1983 uh, on forced abortion in China and denying fundings to groups like the U.N. Population Fund, which Reagan fully supported my amendment uh, because of their complicity in the forced abortion, one child per couple policy. In every category, religious persecution, labor like this, you know, abuse of labor, um, every area, the use of torture, which is systemic and absolutely pervasive. Um, the Chinese Communist Party, especially under Xi Jinping, uh, is, is there's no other worst country in the world, including trafficking. You know, I wrote the trafficking laws in the United States, Trafficking Victims Protection Act of 2000. Uh, they're a egregious violator, according to the annual report, but it only tells some of it, what they do on labor, you know, like the forced labor and forced um, uh, prostitution um, uh, is is unconscionable. And yet people say, oh, let's, let's talk nice about uh, the Chinese Communist Party and hold their hand. And the people, too, you know, they get angry for a minute and then it's gone. And I'm afraid with this whole idea of exploiting children to get cobalt um you know people a lot of people in the you know the sino watchers will say oh yeah we got to do something about that then they turn the page that's why i'm going to work on a, i'm working on a bill right now 
But it really does come to loggerheads, doesn't it? You cannot have these environmental vehicles. They need these batteries without cobalt, and 70% comes from Congo. Exactly. China is controlling bigger and bigger chunks of it. And the mining is, is, as you say, they're abusing the people of Congo, particularly little kids. And the way they mine there is horrific. They just plow up the whole countryside. They do. And then they use these other kind of mines called artisanal mines. And that's where the children who are smaller, they go in with picks. Uh, is a very high concentrated amount of cobalt. Uh, and they get sick. They get cancer. They die. There's no protections for most of them. Uh, and, and then the cobalt is processed, processed in China because most is processed in China. So they've cornered that market like they have done um, uh, uh, pharmaceuticals, the way they have done other sectors, because, you know, as Biden pushes the Green New Deal, he wants to be in a situation where, or they want to be in a situation where they benefit from the United States market and globally. And unfortunately, all of the big corporations will be complicit in this, as they have been on most favored nation status for China, which I helped lead the effort to try to stop it. We failed back during the Clinton administration. Uh, so it's a situation where it's getting worse. I mean, you, could, you can predict what this will be all about. All these companies kowtowing to Xi Jinping in Beijing to get the cobalt because they want to have the uh, the batteries and they want to, you know, um, uh, for a whole lot of things, but especially electric cars. And how does the administration square this? Or how does the Democrat leadership square this? That is, that we're going to be empowering communist China even more by our abandonment of our resources and the embrace of resources that they control. Well, I think they... To a large extent, and there are always exceptions in every administration, uh, pretty much look the other way. You know, John Curry uh, has made it clear that human rights and global climate change uh, that he doesn't, you know, talk one about or the other. Hillary Clinton, when she was Secretary of State, first trip to Beijing, and I did a floor speech on this because I couldn't believe she said it. She goes, I'm not going to let human rights get in the way of climate change and trade. Uh, hello, <laughs> human rights are rule of law. If, you, if you're worried about copyright infringement, well, that's aided uh, in a positive way when you have true human rights uh, recognition. And, and so I don't think they, you know, the, the imperative from their point of view to just get these electric cars and to get the solar panels is so high, uh, but especially now with this cobalt, that um, you know, they'll, they'll say the right words at times, but this has to be tough. Uh, you know, these kids are being exploited and dying every day. The, the priest, Father Manani, who's testified at my hearing from from uh, DR Congo, he did it by way of Zoom in his case, uh, he couldn't have been more clear how the church, Catholic Church and other, you know, faith-based entities there are speaking out. But who's listening to them? Mm-hmm. Your European Union's not. The Biden administration is not. Um, I am and some of my fellow Republicans who are deeply concerned, Marco Rubio, for example, uh, cares about this. But uh, we're, we're going to just keep pressing it. And, um, you know, if we can get a bill passed uh, that would ensure that the supply chain uh, does not have this in it, uh, and that's what I will be seeking to do. You know, we did a, a, and I was one of the principal sponsors of it, a bill called the Uyghur Forced Labor Act. We're out of time. But it was to make sure that anything coming out of Xinjiang uh, is not made with gulag labor or slave labor. We need to do the You know, same Chris thing. Smith, I need, I need to bring you back because you're, oh, you're a fan of knowledge when it comes to communist China. I want to thank you. He's a longtime member of the House from the 4th District of New Jersey. God bless you, my friend. Thank you so much, and God bless you, Mark. 
Good night. We'll be right back. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. Mark Levin, making conservatism great again. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. The hell with the Supreme Court. We are going to fight back the president's view is that there's a lot of passion. Keep protesting Uh, because keep making your point. They don't like the results, so they want to change the rules of the game. A California man is facing federal charges for the attempted murder of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. According to court documents, he said he was there to kill. How can you say that the justices are protected when there was an attempt on Justice Kavanaugh's life? Supreme Court justices are now receiving credible threats. They're having violent demonstrations. They're promoting violence. I'm just convinced we need to burn it all down. I'm advocating for violence. Protests erupted across the country after the ruling yesterday. A demonstration in Phoenix ended with troopers using tear gas. The radical left rampaging across the country over Roe versus Wade. Abortion and pregnancy clinics have experienced a rash of vandalism in the last few months. The attacks are rapidly increasing in both numbers and severity. We have gone from graffiti and vandalism to arson fires and firebombs. A pregnancy center just blocks away from Capitol Hill was vandalized overnight. Someone threw a Molotov cocktail into the office of an anti-abortion group. Nothing has been truly done about it. What are they, can you get a funny the ghost track? They had an eye. It costs when, if you, they just gave, you gave them. With the, the withdrawal, bringing U.S. home troops from home. And, and, and the, the, the. But resist, we much, we must, and we will much about that be committed. I, 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 I'm, I'm a warrior. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, that, it was, the, 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 I mean, they, 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 they said that. Look, the, 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 yeah, the, lives are stripped. Was it him? Why? I I I didn't. If we if we you know it you know it we can walk and chew down gum. We hold these truths to be self-evident. 
All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. True and international average of pressure. Been impeached for inciting the erection. Donald John Donald John Trump incited the erection. Insurrection. And uh what am I doing here? I'm gonna lose track here. And uh to confidence in the contiguity. Private private uh uh uh, uh economic uh, uh part of the um the um uh, Mr. Uh, the, uh, the, the, I do some of you to some of the leadership of uh, well. I mean, America can't have better leadership than that, can we? As you know, Vin Scully, most of us know, passed away. He was uh, iconic in the sports world. Fantastic broadcaster. People grew up and they wanted to be Vin Scully, voice of the Los Angeles Dodgers for decades, but he did national sports as well, and he did it for a long, long time. And he passed away, I believe he was 94, but he did it well into his 80s, and there really was nobody better. So six years ago, when he was 88, many of you have heard this, but I can't hear it enough. Here he is announcing, uh, again for the Dodgers, and listen to what he says. Cut 19. He, I mean, he's talking about a player who, came, who escaped from Venezuela. Cut 19, go. Socialism failing to work as it always does, this time in Venezuela. You talk about giving everybody something free and all of a sudden there's no food to eat. And who do you think is the richest person in Venezuela? The daughter of Hugo Chavez. Hello. Anyway, 0 and 2. <laughs> I miss all these old-timers. I really do. Instead, we got, oh, look at AOC. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren. These these creepy, stupid people. Unlike people who've lived lives of substance. That's why you miss people like Vin Scully. One last time, Mr. Producer, 19, go ahead. Socialism failing to work as it always does, this time in Venezuela. You talk about giving everybody something free and all of a sudden there's no food to eat. And who do you think is the richest person in Venezuela? The daughter of Hugo Chavez. Hello. Hello. Anyway, 0-2. Paul Harvey, Vince Scully, Rush Limbaugh, Bob Grant. Many more, a lot of greats. Those those days are over. I think when I'm gone from radio, perhaps Hannity too, then the the golden age of radio will be completely finished. Don't you think, Mister Producer? <clears throat> It'll never be the same. I don't. I don't mean because I'm a genius and he's a gen. No. It'll never be the same because of the way the corporate structure is set up. It'll never be the same. And the ideology of the various executives and executive boards and so forth. It's too bad, really. One other thing. Well, many others, but I want to get into this. I mentioned this to you the other day. Jake Leahy. The Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 appears to have a good shot at being signed into law. If Senate Democrats can get Kirsten Sinema to join Senator Joe Manchin... The bill will have the necessary 50 votes to pass through the reconciliation process. 
Let's hope that never happens. Why? Because that plan would hurt you. Working class taxpayers and small business owners across America, the act will introduce a, quote, corporate alternative minimum tax, unquote, which will compel a 15% tax on corporate income. It will increase the taxes imposed on certain high-income earners. Finally, it will step up enforcement mechanisms within the IRS. Now, while most people rightfully do not want to see tax hikes during a recession, few realize the negative impact expanded enforcement would have. The White House says it tends to make the top 1%, 1% pay for expanded government programs. But by expanding the IRS enforcement, that won't affect just the wealthy. Instead, it'll just step up hurting you everybody listening to me listen to what they have in store the great joe manchin listen west virginia the additional funding for the irs adds up to 80 billion over the next decade essentially doubling the size of the federal government's debt collector doubling its size and putting 87,000 new irs agents in action i talked about this the result will be increased audits on small businesses and middle-class taxpayers all over the country. While there are over 600,000 audits annually, which disproportionately affect low-income earners, under the new beefed-up enforcement plan, the IRS will be able to perform 1.2 million additional audits. Surely those million-plus audits won't just be of billionaires, because we don't have a million billionaires, do we? This massive money in enforcement infrastructure comes at a time when even getting in contact with the IRS can seem daunting. According to the IRS itself, the agency only answered roughly 10% of all phone calls received during the previous year. Nor is its stepped-up enforcement likely to raise the $700 billion projected. Nor is it likely to make billionaires break a sweat. After all, those people have the best accounts and lawyers money can buy. A luxury that lower-wage taxpayers like you aren't typically able to afford. High-wage W-2 employees, salaried employees, and executives of sophisticated corporate entities usually aren't afraid of being audited. Why not? Because they have their ducks in a row. It's small business owners, sole proprietors, independent contractors who are most often subject to IRS audits. Sole proprietors, small business owners, independent contractors. So doubling the IRS's enforcement efforts will certainly raise some additional money for the federal government. It'll just do it at the expense of middle-class, hard-working Americans, including entrepreneurs. That is, people who don't depend on government who keep funding the government, are punished over and over and over again. Democrats in Washington may be preparing to celebrate what they believe will be a tax hike on the fortunate few. But you Main Streeters, you better watch your backs. Because the knife is going to be put in your back. There aren't enough billionaires... 1.2 million audits will be instituted. 1.2 million. That's a lottery you don't want to win, and unfortunately you will. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
this is very sad. Two members of Maryland family identified as victims of Noack fire. Fire swept through a house, ran into a family of five from Maryland early Wednesday, killing two daughters. I will not mention who they are. It's in the article. Their parents and brother, the father tried to go back into the house to save his daughters. He couldn't. The son jumped out of the second floor window. The fire was reported at 3.35 a.m. And the firefighters and police found the house house engulfed in fire. Police said the parents were sleeping on the first floor and the children on the second. They said the father awoke to a sound of glass breaking and alerted the family. He and his wife escaped. But police said when they realized their children were still in the house, children are 17, 19, and I think 20. He tried to get back into the house, the father, but was driven back by the flames. The son jumped out the second floor window. He's hospitalized, but his sisters were trapped. The father's hospitalized. Firefighters found the two victims. Unfortunately, I know this family. Fortunately, this family is related (coughs) to my wife's family. It is a fantastic family. And the father loved his children enormously, as did the mother. Fantastic marriage. And there they were, their family, at a house in New York, enjoying themselves, taking a break. And the fire broke out 3.30 in the morning. <clears throat> now they're without their daughters, 17 and 19. Been a bad day. It's unimaginable. It keeps running through my head. Some of you have experienced this. The vast majority of us have not. Your kids are with you, laughing, smiling, having a good time, taking a little bit of time off to be together as a family. That was yesterday. And today your two daughters are gone. And I can't imagine how they would have experienced their last moments. You know, Mr. Producer, I have trouble getting it out of my head. Because we all put ourselves in those positions, don't we? There's a congresswoman who died today. She's from Indiana. She was driving in her car with two aides from Indiana. (coughs) And another car jumped the medium to Lane Road. They had a head-on crash. They all died. Here today, gone tomorrow. 
Life is precious. That's why I don't run around calling for abortion. That's why I believe in law and order when you have criminals who are out there to hurt people and kill people. That's why I believe you have to stand up to these international terrorists and bullies before they husband their resources and their strategies and kill more of us. Life is precious. Sometimes you got to slow down and think about it. God knows I did. So give your kids an extra hug. If they're not with you right now, like our kids, give them a call. I mean, to be sleeping in a house, hear a window break from the fire, I guess. And lose your two daughters. Uh, I, I just can't imagine. Can't imagine what you do. I can't imagine what they felt when they're outside the house, house and they know their daughters are in there and you try and get in and you can't get in and get them out. <clears throat> anyway, I share a lot of things with you folks. I know it's not necessarily compelling radio, but there you are. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel. We salute our truckers. We salute. I salute you. God bless each and every one of you. See you tomorrow.